Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And Courtney, how are you today? I'm making it today. <laughs> it's been a very busy, busy time in, in life and, you know, trying to figure out my new path in life and whatnot. So that's fun. Um, but... Speaking of, I know I've mentioned this to you, but um, I decided I'm going to try and start writing for Medium because I need to get back into writing again. And with um, NaNoWriMo coming up in November, um, I just need to get into the habit. So I signed up on Friday um, and I learned all about it because I only knew Medium was a like a writing platform. I didn't know like Anything how about it, how it works. Yeah. yeah. And um. So my aunt was telling me, because she's starting to do it while she's, like, she has her own, like, law firm and stuff, but she is trying to find stuff on the side. Um, and so I was like, well, I'm going to look into it. And so I started researching. I found some publications I wanted to submit to, because um, that's how you do it. You write something, you submit it to a publication, and um, if you get published, you can, you can like, it helps generate, like, views and stuff. And if you put it behind a paywall, you get paid eventually. And, you know, it's not like I'm not going to be a millionaire tomorrow, but... Right. It, you know, it gets me back into writing and potentially has the opportunity for me to make money off of it. So um, I have my two short stories that I wrote two years ago that I just keep not doing anything with that are just there. So I put one of those up. So if y'all, if y'all want to follow me on there and read some stuff, yeah, do that. Um, but I put up my, my thriller that's going to eventually be a full-length novel, but for now it's a short story. And then I submitted to this publication called Pure Fiction, which has shorter and longer stories, but it's fiction stories with my uh, my werewolf story, and it got accepted. <laughs> so now I am published on their publication website um, for a walk in the woods, and I'm very excited. I've been checking the stats every 20 minutes. They don't change that quickly. Um, oh, I can't imagine that they would. Yeah, so I have like 60 claps on it. I don't even know what that means, um, and I'm like. <laughs> 13 views or something which is more than it's ever had so you know yeah. I don't know. it's very cool i'm like on their like first page when you go to the publications and so i'm gonna i'm gonna get back into my writing and i'm gonna submit to these publications that i found i found some that are like horror themed like and that are entertainment themed so i'm gonna write to those and stuff so yeah that's me so how are you um i am pretty good um, I also am waiting for some emails about um, publication-type things, but not quite the same. Um, my advisor at NU is trying to work with the marketing department to get more traction on the teaching abroad programs that the school does. And so she wants to use me as kind of like the a spokesperson for like um, the success of like teaching abroad. So I'm hopefully going to be doing some marketing work for my university. So that will be interesting. Um, And uh, my other professor, um, what's it called? She, I talked to her and she um, accepted like 
the my proposal to do my lesson plan in the adult class instead of with the kids so I don't have to and okay. so I'm still going to have my couple of days where I go into the elementary school but I'm going to do all of my teaching for the semester at the in the adult class that I was already teaching in anyway so I can get those approved for my hours and my advisor can just sign off on that nice that's exciting so, so I did have a very successful week in terms of my career last week for those things um and then weirdly I went to go I because I was deciding I was going to talk about this I realized I hadn't checked my um university email in a couple days so I pulled it up to see if um I had an email for marketing yet and I didn't but I did have another email saying that they're sending me another $50 for my refund um I think it's because they did in fact get rid of those parking tickets that were my brother's um, nice. nice. So, but so you know, I got another fifty dollar check showing up eventually. Fifty dollars is nothing, but um, I am saving for a wedding. So, mm. and we're doing we're doing well this week. Yeah, look at us. Successful week. Speaking of successful, one weeks, in a row. Yeah, one in a <laughs> row. But we should not take the success too lightly and we should still take a moment to reflect on our spiritual growth absolutely what do you have for me Courtney this feels Um, right um, (laughs) sometimes the smallest step in the right direction ends up being the biggest step of your life Naeem Calloway I love that that makes me think of Dan and that is I love it you know, it makes me think of my writing, and then, you know, I submit one small story. Maybe I love I'll- it. Yeah, here we are. Um, you know what else I love? That Stargate talks about Stargate. <laughs> we yes. actually are stories still. Yes. Um, also, before we get into this episode, I just need to tell you, that for the entirety of watching this episode of Stargate, I was like, are we watching a Coal Shack episode? <laughs> because I have never felt like yeah. two shows that we watched related to each other as much as oh, well. the the weirdness of the investigation of this episode was. Um, so we are talking about Stargate SG-1, season four, episode 13, The Curse. Um, it was rated 7.5 stars. Um, I think we're pretty solidly in the mid seven range for a while now. Um, because if you remember, people stopped liking Stargate like season four for some reason. Um, I'm starting to jump back in. Like, I know I was a little frustrated last couple episodes, but like these next two, like they connect. And so I'm, yeah. I'm back, in the, um, back in the game. Which I do think there's some merit that the beginning seasons were just something really special. And I and those mid-seasons are kind of in a lull. But I don't think that that means that they're bad episodes. I just think that that means that they have kind of mid-range like ratings because they're not hitting what people want them to be hitting. Which yeah. um, is fair. I do think I would probably rate this a little bit higher, but probably not much because while like it was, eight, maybe. yeah, while it was entertaining, like I said, if I felt like I was watching a Kolchak episode, not a Stargate episode. Yeah. So like I enjoyed it, but 
which is why I think seven high sevens is valid. I agree. Uh, it came out on September 22nd, 2000. We have the same song and same book as last week, um, but the movie is not the same, but it's also not a new movie. Um, two weeks ago, our number one movie was Bring It On, and then The Watcher came out, and so that became the number one. And then now this week, there isn't a new movie on Friday, so Bring It On is back to number one. As it should be. Yeah. Good. Um, there was literally not one interesting news article. I spent 15 minutes looking for anything that I could talk about, and I had literally nothing. So, um, that's all I got for you. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> um, it was directed by Andy Makita, um, who hasn't directed anything yet this season, but has directed for us before. So we have talked about him. Um, it was written by Joseph Malazzi and Paul Molly and edited by Brad Rines. Um, our guest star is Anna Louise Plowman, who played Sarah Gardner. Um, the first time I wrote it down, I wrote Anna Marie, and then I went to look for her and I couldn't find her. And then I looked back at this because I was like, that's because that's not her name. Great. Um, she's known for Black Sails, uh, Holby City, which is a New Zealand soap opera. Um, but it's like a primetime soap opera. It's like Australia, New Zealand, and England, they, they do their soap operas different <laughs> than we do. They they treat them differently than we do. And Holby City is like a big, big one. Like a Grey's Anatomy slot for a soap opera? Yeah. Got it. Um, and Stargate. Um, she was born in New Zealand. Um, but she trained in both London and Paris. She went to two different um, acting schools. Uh, and she's worked in film and theater in London, Tokyo, Hong Kong, Dublin, and Sydney. Um, she's also married to a man named Toby Stevens, who is also an actor, who I've never really seen anything he's in. But he's pretty important because he is the son of dame maggie smith so so mcgonagall is her mother-in-law i love it i love Um, it right that's lovely good for her love that love that i mean i love my future mother-in-law but But also she's not dame maggie smith Smith, and i think she would appreciate (laughs) i was gonna say she she would appreciate that she is also not Dame Maggie Smith because she would probably also be jealous of having Dame Maggie Smith as a mother-in-law. So um, I feel like she's also closer enough in age to have Dame Maggie Smith as a mother-in-law than I am. That doesn't probably. quite because um, Anna Louise Plumman is now 51. I am mm-hmm. I am not. <laughs> or not correct. Um, we begin with an old guy looking over um a gallery of egyptian antiquities which again we're watching an episode of kolchak um he turns out to be a professor and a student comes in to talk to him and they are talking about using some weird technology to look inside um a jar like that is a charm that belonged to osiris um, the professor's name is Dr. Jordan, and the student is Stephen. And Stephen is like, why don't we just break it open? And Dr. Jordan's like, that's not how being an archaeologist works. Stephen. And Stephen is like, yeah, but we found all this stuff in the ocean, and now we just have to give it back to Egypt. 
Um, and he is just like still touching things and messing around. And Stephen reminds me of everyone who's ever worked at the British Museum. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like the yeah. fact that he is so offended that Egypt would want their stuff back. I was like, wow, that is 2000. Cause you could not <laughs> say that on TV right now. Yeah. Um, we go back to the SGC um, where Daniel comes into the briefing room and Jack is reading one of Teal's magazines and he starts reading the horoscope out loud. I was like, what is happening? Right. Again, no idea what's going on for this entire episode. Um, Daniel snatches it out of his hand as he starts reading the horoscope. And at first you're like, what the fuck is happening? But it turns out on the back page of the magazine, there's randomly an obituary. That's not really an obituary because it's like this man died because of a curse of a mummy. And you're like, what? I was like, what kind of publication are we like reading? Right. What What is is this magazine? I have no idea what this magazine is. But um, turns out that Dr. Jordan is dead, and that uh, Dr. Jordan was Daniel's archaeology professor. Poor Daniel. Poor Daniel. Um, so Daniel goes to the funeral, and Stephen is really not so thrilled to see him, and there seems to be some pretty bad blood there. And Stephen, after seeing Daniel, like turns his eulogy into like this whole thing like that was like anti-prodigal son propaganda it was it was weird Um, get it together man (laughs) and then after everyone else is gone daniel like finally goes over to the casket to have a moment and steven and another student who we learned is named sarah come over to talk to him and uh they're talking about what happened and how long Daniel's been gone. And Daniel's like the paper attributed his death to the curse of Osiris. And um, Stephen's like, there's not a curse. There was a gas leak and he was using equipment in the lab and it exploded. And it is a tragic accident, but there's not a fucking curse. And Daniel was like, yeah, well, that doesn't sound very cool. And then it was paper. Um, oh, but this <laughs> guy like, Great. Leaving curses at this point, like you work with Egyptian artifacts, right? Um, but it it is very clear that Stephen only doesn't believe in curses because Daniel does. Like, um, yeah, it's very it's very pointed. And then Sarah's like, "Well, we would have called you like if we'd known where to find you. We had no no information." And she's clearly like hinting at the like, "Can you please fucking tell us where you've been for the last five years?" It's very which, of, which of course Daniel cannot. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Daniel's like, or she asks him what he's been up to. He's very intentionally vague. And then Stephen just gets so mad and is like, you shouldn't have come back. You're too late for closure. You don't belong here. We don't want you here. And storms off. I was like, what did Daniel do to these people? Like, my goodness. Yeah, it does feel very much like something happened. Um, nothing happened. Yeah. But it it does at first feel that way. I mean, the only thing that happened is that if you think back to the first scene we see Daniel in in the movie with James Spader, where it was the scene from uh, Atlantis where Milo is giving his speech about Atlantis to a room full of mops because that's the only people who will listen to him. Um, that is what they're mad about because they believe that Daniel has just like 
ruined Dr. Jordan's reputation, made their whole thing look bad and like taken archaeology off the deep end. Which, to be fair, he kind of did. Right. He He just, yeah, he just also happened to be right. Yeah. But since everything is still a secret, like they're not wrong. Right, right. <laughs> um, uh, Daniel says that Stephen's right and that he was always afraid to come back because he thought he'd be the laughing stock of the archaeology communion or communion community. And um, Sarah is like, well, no, but you were always Dr. Jordan's best student. You were always his favorite. He desperately wanted there to be some proof to prove that you were right so that you'd come out of hiding so that you wouldn't feel that way. And the whole five years you've been gone, even though you weren't there, Stephen still was fighting to get out of your shadow. So. Like, I get that Stephen's about it. Yes. Well, but But, so Dr. Jordan is now dead. So his mentor the person he'd worked his whole life to impress is gone. And the person who he finally felt like maybe he had a shot of being better than is had it? just comes up, out, comes back out of the blue as if nothing happened. That is a lot of emotional trauma in one like fell swoop. And I don't really blame Steven. And also spoilers for the end of the episode where Steven is not the bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of feel horrible for him <laughs> like yeah i don't blame steven for his feelings um but i, I do, do blame him for not acting like yeah yeah like yeah. Uh, he all of his feelings are valid um but feelings aren't facts um and you can't control your feelings but you can't control your actions and um that air those are things i tell my middle schoolers on a daily basis yeah steven so um um, and then apparently Sarah's also Daniel's ex, which just makes things even weirder. Of course. Because um, she's like, I hope you're not upset about like how things went down with us. I I, I don't blame <laughs> me. And I was like, oh, good. Why wouldn't I someone? I was waiting for Daniel to be like, I've been married and lost like seven wives now. And Right. Like in the last I- five years, I have literally dated every female that has crossed paths with every me. race of human and non-human available yeah. yeah um um he tells her that he can't tell her about his work but it really is incredible and he wishes he could and they have like a little moment um yeah and like Daniel could be a little like more um compassionate i feel like but also at the same time like he knows like stakes are high in the world and these people don't so like i also get him being like look i've got a lot going on i can't care about this feud that like you're mad yeah. at me about yeah so they both could yeah. just like learn to be a, a bit more compassionate right but i also i think i don't think he is mad at sarah i think he just feels i meant bad. i meant with steven with steven oh yeah, yeah. but like and i, I think he just he just feels bad yeah and like this moment and then there's another moment later where I'm just like Daniel really is like a real person who just got sucked into shit that he had no concept of what was going to happen like the first episode I like you realized it like yeah yeah, it's the first episode that you're like oh like holy shit Daniel was just given a speech about his theories and the next thing you know his whole life is government secrets and alien conspiracies like and he doesn't have a choice yeah, he has to just, like, abandon his life that he's been, like, doing. Like, this is he's what he's been studying his whole life. Like, Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, granted, he does still get to study, but not in a way where he can share it with anyone. And, like, as yeah. an archaeologist, I feel like that's, like, the last thing you'd ever want to do is, like, not be able to, like, teach the world your discoveries. Yeah. And, like, you can't see any of the people, like, he doesn't have time to see any of the people that were in his, like, past life that he worked with, like, every day. Right. And could you imagine, like, if you had, like, I know I have professors from, like, my life that like made a huge impact on me and like you guys saw me on the podcast when I talked about like going back to see Dr. Vermette for the first time since I came back from Thailand and like talking to him mm-hmm. if I could never share any of what I learned with him it would I like it would be crushing and like when you work as like an archaeology student that person is like your teacher and your mentor and your father basically yeah. and like and we've also seen like what Daniel's relationship with his parents was like his parents died when he was a kid. His grandpa was crazy. Dr. Jordan is like the closest father he ever had. And he never got to tell him that he had found everything out. It is truly tragic. Yeah. Yeah. We're in like Shakespeare tragedy era now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But back at base, Hammond is giving the rest of the team leave because he doesn't want them to go on a mission without Daniel. And Jack is so fucking pumped that he is finally going to get to actually leave. Um, And so he asks Sam if she wants to take him up on that fishing offer. And she still says no. I was like, let it go, bro. This is the third time you asked. Like, she wants to do other things. She... Like, that does not sound fun to her. No. Um, but apparently it does sound fun, or at least vaguely fun, to Teal'c. I'm not sure it actually sounds fun to Teal'c. I think Jack's just like, we're doing this because I'm, I'm the one who makes sure you figure out how to be an Earth. And But I also, think, I also think Teal'c thinks the idea of fishing, like catching fish and cooking them and eating them, is interesting. Yeah. I think Teal thinks the practice of what Jack calls fishing. Like <laughs> right. Fish to relax. I don't, I think, I think those are two separate things for him. Yes. Those are, mm-hmm. those are two different ideas and he doesn't know that the second one exists. So that's right. why he's on board. Yeah. Cause the first one, it's like, I mean, he's always been a, a warrior and soldier. And so he's yeah. had to find ways to protect himself and his family. And this is the traditional yes. hunter gatherer you know, mindset, so... Right, and, like, he gets to see more of Earth and understand more of the culture, and, like, that is something Teal'c totally is into. Absolutely. Um, Teal'c is not a sit-still kind of person. No. Um, so there's that piece to it. Um, Oh. I literally apparently went insane because I wrote Sarah shows Jack and then I was like that doesn't make any sense Daniel Daniel's who she's showing things to but I had just been talking about Jack going fishing so then I got really confused because my notes were incoherent um Sarah is showing Daniel back up in Chicago Sarah is showing Daniel all the artifacts that they were working with and they're talking about the curse and they she figures out that there's a gold amulet that's missing and she's like freaking out about it um then we go back to SJC and Jack is telling Hammond that he and Teal'c are going to be in the great outdoors with no technology and no phones and he is like if you're gonna have an emergency you better think of it before this elevator door closes right. not coming back 
Because as you'll know, every single time so far in season four that Jack has tried to leave base at all, something absolutely insane has happened to stop him from doing that. Um, yeah, he was like, then, Thor's going to have to beat me up if he needs me. <laughs> no. He's like, the Tok'ra, forget about it. I don't want anything to do with him. I just let me go fishing. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to be incommunicado. And then Tilkin does not know what that word means and asks mm-hmm. if they're going to Montana. And it is very funny. Yeah. Then um, Daniel is going back in Chicago. Daniel's going down to the museum archives to try to track down the amulet and see if it's like somewhere in the building. And um, he finds out that there's another missing artifact that they didn't realize was missing because it wasn't in the original log. And it is um, a jar. Um, and then they call it the iris jar. And the archivist shows it to Daniel, who's going to take it for some translating because, uh, fun fact, they're like, she's like, here are the Egyptian hieroglyphs, but these ones we can't translate. And Jack's like, or, and Daniel's like, well, shit. Like, I so might call, not. <laughs> yeah, so he calls up Sam. And he's like, okay, I found these jars. They have Egyptian symbols on them. They also have Kabul symbols on them. Um, but I think he didn't really call Sam so much as he called Sam because he called the base. And then it turns out Teal'c is not there. So yeah. then he calls Jack's cell phone, which Jack is very upset to find is with them. And he's like, mm-hmm. why is there a phone ringing? Until it's like General Hammond gave me orders. He's like, whoops. <laughs> um, so the Daniel talks to Teal'c. He gives, reads him what the jar says in gold. And uh, Teal'c says that it says, banished to oblivion. Not great. Not great at all. Not great. <laughs> Teal desperately wants to get out of fishing at this point, so he's like, Daniel, do you need my help? Is there anything I can do? I can I can come right now. Like, I will be there. And Jack just takes the phone out of his hand and hangs up and throws the phone away. <laughs> it's like, no. No, no, no. We are being men in the wild. We don't need this. We are fishing and relaxing. Um, Poor Tilk's getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. Ugh. You cannot handle it. And also, if you will remember all the way back to, like, season one or two, the last time Tilk had to spend too much time getting eaten by bugs, he almost became a bug. So, like, yeah. let's leave him alone. Right. He doesn't even have a chair. I don't see, I didn't see a chair for him to sit in. Jack's just, like, propped up until it's just, like, standing awkwardly. To be fair, I don't know that that's because there isn't a chair. I think that might just be because Tilk does not know what to do with himself. That is very probable. <laughs> very probable. Um, so then Daniel is back at the SGC and he has brought the jar with him and he's explaining to Sam and Hammond all the things um, about the jar and they believe it's like a wooled jar um, and there's this whole story about um, Isis and Osiris and a fight that they got into with Osiris's brother and being banished and things. these are things that are actually in Egyptian myths and he says that Osiris's brother was Seth, and Hammond goes, okay, well, that one is the name I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm back with you now. Um, 
So they want to examine the jar and Hammond is ready for like Sam to take a look at it. And Daniel is like, um, just be careful. It's cursed. <laughs> yeah, good like, information to have before you like do <laughs> it. But also like, what is a curse? Right. Like the thing about this show is that nothing that has happened in the show so far has actually been magic. There's Mm -hmm. a scientific reason behind all of it, whether it is a different kind of alien technology, a parasite, a a pathogen in the air, there is no such thing as magic. So if we are to believe that so far in this entire five years you've been working with them, there has not actually been anything that is magic. And you know that this jar belongs to an ancient race of aliens that want to kill you. You can assume that this curse is not a curse. Yeah. So what are you talking about, Daniel? Right, right. Um, There's that. Um... So then, um, but Daniel is going back to Chicago to try to find the second jar, because obviously there are a pair of jars. There's the Isis jar and the Osiris jar. They go together. Um, So he goes back to Chicago, and he's in the archive room, but all of the lights, like, won't turn on, which is super sketchy. And this is the scene that I was like, oh, my God. This is the scene that I was like, oh, my God, this is an episode of Kolshak. (laughs) Like, yeah. So far, Daniel is Kolchak. He's wandering around a museum thinking he knows what he's talking about, but he's really just confused and repeating things mm-hmm. and, like, searching for things that are only, like, vaguely thinks he understands what's going on. And it and he's going to experts to help him understand curses. And I'm, like, literally side-by-side episode of Kolchak. Yep. 100%. 100%. Um, so in the... Uh, archive room in the dark he finds steven also wandering around in the dark claiming to be looking for the breaker box which is when i was like we're gonna find out he's super shady yeah you know and he's like he's like i'm looking for something that's missing and steve's like nothing's missing but he was like like, super adamant about it he was like nothing's missing and um daniel's like well the osiris chart and he's like it's not missing that was what exploded in the lab it doesn't exist anymore it doesn't it isn't missing it was in the that's what we were looking at when the lab exploded so like totally valid yeah and um then daniel's like but what about the amulet and steven's like get out of my life <laughs> yeah, he becomes like super defensive. And he's like, stay out of it. Daniel's like, you don't understand why, but you need my help. And Steve's like, you always think you're so much better than me. And I'm like, okay. Um, um, and it's um, really, yeah. he is. It's like really um, childish and upsetting and um, very, very much um, leading you down the path to think that Stephen is so full of shit. Um, mm-hmm. And then they finally get the lights back on, and the curator is just dead on the floor. Yeah, not great. Not great. Not great. Um, then we go back to SGC, where, again, not great. Um, because Sam and Hammond are examining the Isis jar through an MRI, and they find out that there is a gold symbiote inside of it. Just a traveling symbiote. My worst nightmare. 10 out of 10. 
Um, Daniel Sapp tells them that the curator apparently died of a freak accident where bricks just like fell on her head and died. Um, and there is no explanation for it and um, feels very much like a curse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there is a reason um, for the death, but. Yeah. So then Daniel is um like, I just, I need to know what the Osiris jar said before, like, this happened. And Sarah's like, okay, well, like, I had pictures of it before it exploded. So they look at the pictures of it. And he's like, I can't see the symbols in the picture. And she's like, well, we can't translate them. But I guess, like, if you really need to see them, Dr. Jordan wrote them down. So like, we have them. And so he, she reads them down. She reads them or he looks at them and then we get a quick flashback to SJC where Dr. Frazier is like pulling the symbiote out of the jar. I um, hated every second of this scene. I was like, this is so gross. Something's going to happen. We're going to like, ugh. yeah. And um, then turns out it's dead, but instead of just being like, Oh, it's dead. She performs an autopsy on it. And um, it is perfectly preserved and, like, so well-preserved that it could have just died yesterday. Yeah. Which is horrifying. Knowing uh, we can't... Um, what, what was the word you used? Oh, my gosh. That we can con- oh. conserve them. That's what I was looking oh, for. Oh, yeah. Pres- oh, preserve. Preserve. Yeah. Preserve them. Thank you. I don't know yes. where my brain went. I heard you say it, and then it, like, forgot it existed as a word. Yeah. Um, and- yeah, it's terrifying um, that we can preserve them because now it's like, are they just going to like wander upon like different artifacts that are just like all filled with gold now that like you never know what's going to happen? Very concerning. Um, yeah. So back in Chicago, um, Daniel looks in the notebook and reads it and tries to pretend that he doesn't know what it says, even though he totally knows what it says. And then um, he's not a very good liar. He's a terrible liar. <laughs> Um, Dr. Jordan's files on the computer where he took all his notes are also mysteriously gone. Um, and all of his emails are gone. His whole hard drive is gone. Even the floppy disks, because we're living in the era of floppy disks, um, that have the backups on it are gone. So Sarah types something into the computer that um is like a, a tombstone or like a way to find deleted files which and to be honest with you um if you have a computer and you accidentally delete your files you just go to trash and they're there until you archive the trash yeah so anyway um but again i don't know how computers worked in 2000 that's true i think they still have trash kids though yeah it was it was the delete button permanent i don't know no. No. So, but she finds the files by typing in tombstone and apparently teaching Daniel something he doesn't know about computers, which doesn't make sense because he's used literally gold computers. So good right. for her, I guess. Yeah. Um, that one, that was the only one that I was like, that is nonsensical, but this is where we are in this episode. Maybe but- that's like a hacking tool and he's only ever done like uh like straight edged like research yeah. and stuff. He's never like used any of the hacking tools. <laughs> He's a straight edge alien hunter. Exactly. That's exactly what he is. Um, but so we find she finally goes through the trash and finds an email that has um, a carbon dating of the amulet that proves that it's over 10,000 years old. 
which somehow immediately proves Daniel's theory about aliens and the pyramid. Um, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a jump. Um, it, it does immediately prove that the jewels and the jewelry were not necessarily made at the time that we think of the Egyptians of having made them. Yeah. But also it could have just been made with a rock that is older because you were carbon dating, which yeah, tells me when like... the material, like if they were like, it's made out of a material that's not from earth, that immediately proves Daniel's yeah. theory. Just being older than we think, thought it was proves a lot of things that we thought about the ancient Egyptians are not true, but it doesn't prove aliens. Right. I was like, maybe this is something that like Daniel had been exploring before. And so like, this is from his previous research that he connected that we don't know about because we don't know his full extensive right. research. Um, but either way, they lot make a illogical jump from 10,000 years to aliens are real. Um, and then um, the only problem, according to Sarah, is that the email did not only go to Dr. Jordan. It also went to Stephen. Shady. Shady. Um, so then we go back to SGC where the real research is happening in this episode. And Sam and Janet have figured out that the jar itself was some kind of stasis chamber to keep the Gold alive. And that this particular Gold, like Isis, is dead because there was a crack in the jar. So the seal was broken, which meant that the nutrients and the electricity to keep the chamber functioning did not exist anymore. Mm -hmm. which means that the other jar that they can't find if it was not damaged in transit could very well have a living gold in it yeah that's not that's bad news bears it's not good it is bad news bears so then we get to a moment that um reminds you that daniel's a human being it is one of the most tragic scenes in the episode, in my opinion, um, Sarah comes into the archive room and tells Daniel that she went to Stephen's apartment to talk to him and that it is missing and that all of his stuff is also gone. And Daniel's like, I know. She's like, how do you know? She, he's like, I just, I can't explain it to you, but I need to find him. Um, she was like, I, let me help you. He's like, it's too dangerous. There are already three people dead. And she's like, three? What? And he's like, yeah, the technician who did the carbon dating just turned out dead also. Yeah. Bless you. Thank you. Um, then um, and she's like, but I don't I don't think Stephen would kill people. And he's like, I don't think Stephen is who you think he is, at least not anymore. And she's like, this doesn't even make sense. And he's like, I, I can't tell you anymore. And she's like, you're just going to disappear again, aren't you? And he just turns around and goes, yeah. Like, oh, oh my heart. I hated it. Um, I know. I was like, so, but he's not wrong. He knows there's no other option. Like, Yeah. 
Um, then back at SGC, Daniel is telling Sam and Hammond what he thinks is happening. He believes that Stephen has been overtaken by Osiris and that the amulet might be some kind of important piece of tech and they have no idea how to find him, but that they've tested all of he that he has tested all of the other um pieces from the collection and none of the rest of them have any traces of Naquita. So it's just this one piece, which is unfortunately the one piece that is missing. Um so they uh, Janet gets a sedative ready made from the liquid that was inside the um, jar that is supposed to be powerful enough to like sedate a gold, so like as a weapon. And then they find out that Stephen just bought a ticket to Cairo. So they're following him to Egypt and they figure out that he's probably going back to the particular like pyramid where all of yeah. these things were found, which makes sense i don't know why they didn't think of that first um they're in the middle of the fucking desert this is not like a pyramid that people visit normally it's like the middle of nowhere which is why it took so long to find said artifacts and whatnot Mm -hmm. um we get to the temple and stephen is looking for something he puts the amulet into a keyhole and a secret like chamber appears where there's like a little hand device inside of it um and then he like turns around because he hears something. Not good. SG1, which at this point is just Sam, Janet, and Daniel. Yeah. Um, arrives at the temple and like heads in with their like tranquilizer, like ready to get Steven. And they find him, but he's just like dying laying on the ground. Yeah. I was like, that's that's not a good sign. That's not at all where I thought this was going. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Um and then Sarah appears, taken over by Osiris, and asks Daniel where the Stargate is. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And um Yeah, I put just another one of Daniel's girlfriends being gold. <laughs> <laughs> all of the time every time every time he finds every someone time. she is an alien yeah it's really upsetting um and then she's like where are where is my brother and he's like oh yeah we killed your brother and then we like also killed ra and hathor and Sokar. i, th- I think we're up to four dead couple yeah that's that's the number we're at because you can't cut him off us because even though we killed him five times he's definitely still alive right right um, and she's like you're lying Oh, but actually now Isis is dead too because the jar broke. So that's five, five Egyptian gods that are out of the picture. How Um, many Egyptian gods are there? That is a great question. How many gods are in the Egyptian pantheon? 72. (laughs) I feel like it surely is not that many. Like, I don't know. How many gods? Oh, Oh, no. There were over 2,000 deities in the Egyptian pantheon. Some right, of the deities' names are well-known. Isis, Osiris, Horus, Amun-Ra, Hathor, Bastet, Thoth, Anubis, and Ta, while many others are less. So there are the, there are nine Ennead gods, but those are not even the ones that we all know. So, um, yeah. All right, well, then she's a little cocky when she's like, oh, great, I have no one to fight against. Mm. Yeah. He's like 2,000 more people to fight against. <laughs> I was thinking it was going to be like 
47, 2000, 2000 yeah. Egyptian gods, yeah. which the show could go on forever. You could literally Literally. never run out of things to talk Mm -hmm. about because there are 2,000 Egyptian gods. So five of them dying, (laughs) apparently not that impressive. Right, right. I mean, to be fair, the ones that have died, like Isis and Ra, are like Isis and Ra, pretty, pretty top-level gods. Mm -hmm. Um, Hathor and Sokar and, and Sath are definitely like in that second tier. Yeah, but so they're like, not like they're not too shabby still. Like Right. Yeah. So like cool. Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Um and she like is attacking him and they're like arguing about everyone that he's killed. And then she like tries to like mind numb him, but we all have learned, of course, that um, he has had to deal with that quite a few times. So yeah, it was like deja vu with Sharae, another girlfriend. Well, why <laughs> trying to kill him? So he's apparently like gotten pretty good at, uh, yeah, um, resisting. That's the word I was looking for. Um, and so he stabs her with the sedative, which like doesn't really stop her. It just gets her to not be killing him. Um, and then she awakens the pyramid spaceship and escapes. Great. So Osiris is our next big baddie. Well, that and the fact that we still don't know where Apophis is, but we do know he's, well, because we do know he's on to them again because he just, you know, tried to kill Teal'c and Jack in space last week. Um, yeah. So yeah, we, but we already have, knew about him. He's not. Yeah, we still haven't dealt with Apophis. Um, Osiris is now out on the loose. We do know that Harrower is out there somewhere. Um, and we also know that there's apparently a, another 1,992 gods that we haven't talked about. <laughs> so, we have so <laughs> plus, yeah. we also know that the um, Go have not only taken over Egyptian pantheon, they also appeared as the Greek and Roman gods because we've met some of them. So, oh, and the Hindu gods. Um, so how many gold system lords are out there? All of them. The limit does not exist. Everyone you meet now is a system lord. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um... Yeah. I do have some triv. Yeah. Some triv for you. Um couple things. Um uh, couple things that some of the goofs are um great because at around 33 minutes and 30 seconds, Daniel is turning the steering wheel of a G- of the Jeep, but the front wheels are actually not moving at all, which is a clear indication that the Jeep is being towed for filming and that they are not driving it at all. Um, Teal holds the cell phone on the outside of his hat, which based on 2000's cell phones, he <laughs> surely could not hear him. Yeah. Um, Major Carter fires her pistol multiple times at the activated rings, even though we've already learned that you can't do that. 
Right. I know. Yeah. That one, she, that one was probably just out of desperation, but like, we know that that doesn't work. So why are you wasting bullets? That's exactly what I said when I was watching it too. I was like, you're just wasting bullets. Like you don't know who's going to come through next. Like you need that ammo. And now this one, kind of a, the only one that's really like a big error in my mind is that Sarah asks where the Stargate is. Osiris has been asleep for 2000 years and no one that of the human that she well, humans that she has worked with has said the word Stargate. So there's a 0% chance that, that she would be asking for it. She should have been asking where the Chapa Eye is because they don't yeah. know the name. This word Stargate does not exist to Osiris. That's true. I forgot that about that. Is a writing error. Yeah. Um, those are the goops. We do have some trivia though. Um, During um, filming, when choking Daniel, um, Anna Louise Plowman did actually accidentally um, cause Michael Shanks to pass out. He did actually, like, black out during Oh, that, no. Um, when she was strangling him. So that's fun. She was strong, apparently. Um, in the scene where Daniel is in the archive room testing all of the things, he is using a Garmin GPS to test them for an aqueda. That's uh, not going to do it. It doesn't do the trick. No. And um, then in a very, very strange illusion, um, Dr. David Jordan is Jordan, as in Hale Jordan, Dr. Sarah Gardner, as in Guy Gardner, and Dr. Steve Rayner, as in Kyle Rayner, three members of the DC Green Lantern Corps, I love it. That's so <laughs> random. So random. Um, but clearly on purpose because sure. it yeah. So when I guess names. Like it's not like right. they were like Bob Jones and Sam Smith, like Right. So um yeah, so uh, apparently Joseph Malazzi and Paul Molly are uh, DC fans because we have now named um all of the archaeologists after the Green Lantern Corps. Why not? Um, and the Green Lantern Corps are not, like, super, super... I mean, everybody knows Hal Jordan, really. No. But, like, the Green Lantern is not super well-known enough. And there's so many people in the Lantern Corps that you can get away with that. Uh, with that. It's not like you named them, like, David Wayne and... Uh, right. And, like, and like Stephen Kent. Because then it's, like, okay, dummy. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's I that. I Um... Who do you want to punch? Um, Steven. I understand we feel bad for him, but he just got on my nerves and I just wanted to punch him in the face like the whole time. Very, very valid. Um, I am obviously punching Sarah because once again, Daniel has been uh, manipulated by a woman, which is probably a Daniel problem, but also I'm mad at all the women who manipulate him. Right, well, they're aliens who are trying to take over the world, so, like, that's fair. Right. Um, MVP? I love Daniel Jackson. Because he, Until... while having his, his moments, yeah. he is, you know, he just did his best, and he connected all the dots, and it wouldn't have come together without him. Um, I knew you would pick Daniel Jackson. I know Daniel Jackson is probably the correct answer, but I am picking... Um, 
Dr. Janet Frazier. Because one of my reasons is legitimate and one of them is kind of something that I think should be listed as a goof or a weird moment is one, she performs an autopsy on a gold and like figures everything out about the like uh thing and she also like does a lot of science that is not even medical science but still like we would know be nowhere without her ever but the other reason is because she somehow looks at this man laying on the floor and can diagnose his internal bleeding and how much time he has just by looking at him and that is like if all doctors could do that we there would be no diseases <laughs> because the other thing is it's not written in a way where she's wrong either like you know what i mean right. it's like completely unbelievable but in the episode it doesn't feel that way yeah so that is why she is my and it's, my it's really fun to see her in the film yes we don't get to see her like yes we do we don't get to see her it's seeing her outside of her like doctor jacket is Mm -hmm. is exciting that was fun yeah um well do you have any thoughts theories predictions um i'm sure we can't you can't actually make any thoughts theories predictions about next week's episode since you have already watched it right Um, but just like generalize i think osiris is our next big baddie that i was expecting yeah i don't know that we'll see her again this season <laughs> but um you know she'll be back uh i don't know i'm feeling very good about this like going back to kind of like the start where we're like dealing with these like deities and like yeah. stuff so maybe we're like back on track again all right well, my um, my next week's spoiler that I always do at the end of the episode, I will say that um, we do, in fact, continue on the path of um, big bads. Um, but I won't say who. So that is where we are at. Um, if you have any questions, uh, concerns, thoughts, theories, you can email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com. You can follow us on all the social media at Death and Aliens, and you can follow me personally everywhere at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can follow me at C-E-Cloud 13. And we will see you on Thursday for another thrilling episode of Thriller Thursday. You Ooh. will get to see me lose my mind. It'll be great. I'm so excited to see you lose your mind. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye.